Hi everyone, it's Deborah Rodriguez again. If you are here, that means you have made it to November's podcast series. And I am here with a new series. Very excited. If you guys have finished the, the Dismantling Divination series, congratulations. You have come to an end. If you have not already listened to it, go check it out. It was October's podcast series titled Dismantling Divination. Um, I'm really happy to be back with you guys. I have been studying. I have been just in a quiet place and listening to the voice of God as for how he wanted to direct me into the next few months. And I am here with a new podcast series. So this series is titled Travailing Through Trials. And I'm going to talk to you guys of how God, why God gave me this title for this series and why God has led me in the different directions regarding November. And he felt like this was needed for this specific time. And I'm going to talk about why God revealed to me this series and the importance of it. And if you guys, so it's titled Travailing Through Trials, The Art of Pushing Through When the Faith, When the Pain is Too Much to Bear. All right, the art of pushing through when the pain is too much to bear. So, you guys have heard all of the podcast series so far, The Warring the Mind, The Covenant. And I talk about going through this pain, going through this pain. And I talk about, you know, accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior as the beginning walk. And in the first um one of the sermons, I think it was September sermon, I talk about the risky deal and the backslidden Christian and all these different things and what happens when we really walk into this walk with God. And so I want to get into that and I wanted I want to tell this story the best way I know how and it's from my personal experience of walking through a tribulation and walking through trials and being able to trust God and have faith in the midst of those trials when they seem too hard and too very very hard to bear very very painful and very very alone so I want to give someone encouragement in this series to let you know that you're not alone or you've not been alone in this walk and that somebody else has walked through this walk and I just want to thank God for the many things that he have t- he has took me through not that some of the things were punishments but because some of the things helped me to really grow my faith in him and helped me to really gain a discipline so I'm going to this is all about discipline this is all about this is a series on discipline self-control and steadfastness so this is what we're teach I'm teaching you guys in this series it's about discipline and how God took me through years of many things to teach me disciplines discipline and to teach me faithfulness and steadfastness and what is and and that's the fruit of the spirit that's the fruit of the spirit and I want to talk about this and everyone goes through different situations I happen to go through homelessness in my specific life this was a trial of mine I went through it as a child as well with my mom but I actually went through it as a teen and as an adult and so uh, three times in my life and so I want to talk about what this looks like and what this feels like and how it develops something in me 
And it, it was very important how I had to renew my mind as well because it also developed a trauma in me as well that I had to be able to conquer throughout this throughout this journey. And you guys are going to hear how I was able to conquer that with God's help. So welcome to this series. This is titled Travailing Through Trials. I want to go ahead and pray us in and um, I'm excited and welcome. Dear Heavenly Father, we just come to you today, God. Thank you so much for another month of podcasts. I thank you for what you are doing with this podcast series and how you are touching lives, how you're bringing lives to you. And you are doing such a fascinating work with your people and with me. I thank you for even speaking to me and going back, forgetting what I have talked about and actually going back and listen to it. And I'm like, whoa. So thank you for that. Thank you for nourishing my spirit. God, I just pray whoever is entering into this series, I know that there is a need. There is something that they are looking to learn and develop in this time. So I pray that they are able to get that in this time to be able to train and equip them spiritually for what they are called to do, what they are already doing, or what they aspire to do in the world. And God, I just thank you. I just pray that you continue to decrease me in everything I do so that you can increase, humble me, continue to humble me, continue to hum, humble your listeners. Uh, teach us, correct us, encourage us, and just show us the way and your way. We, we might not understand everything, but we are here to learn. And we're doing this with each other and we're doing this together. And this is a beautiful walk to be able to have someone to that are that is experiencing something like me and I I'm able to teach certain things that I've experienced so for me this is a community for me this is this is being able to teach even though I am leading in this teaching I am still humbled under what you are trying to do in this time so I God I thank you for that I just pray that you continue to use me and that this teaching is is helping and and inspiring others and healing and delivering others and comforting them in this time. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you guys, we're going to get into it. So I want to start off with the introduction. Very, uh, it's a very funny introduction. But if you guys know, in one of the podcasts, I talked about how I was contracting a house. So I did do contract work in the past. I love decorating things. I love like organizing things, fixing things. I've always had a love for that in my home. And I love to just go to people's house, even if it's like cleaning up their whole house and like redecorating it. I I mean, I've renovated, like uh, redid my dance studio. I went to, I had a friend, I went to her house and I painted her bed. I changed, got her to pick some different things for her room to kind of give her a new feel so that's something that I've always done and it helps me cope even in my own life now I I switch around my place probably like every six months I switch switch it around to have a new kind of feel and I've been doing this for years and it actually helps me so long story short I want to talk about a friend I had from Kenya 
And so for me, going into this work, I didn't understand that this would be a spiritual work that I was going to see. This is just an introduction, but I talked about how I contracted a house and I was paid to go and put down a floor. And because I knew how to put down floors and we put up some Mojave stone in the house. It was a brand new house. Um, my friend's sister had just bought and so she wanted to add some different things. So I was called to help on this project. So when I went on this project, when I did this project, I went and I stayed in this home for five days. And for me, I stayed in a home with nothing but Kenyans for five days. So this was another land. Spiritually, I was in another land. And so Kenyans, I've learned so much from Kenyans. Kenyans are hardworking beings. And so the friend I had was also a contractor and she was a construction contractor. And that's what she did in her land, in her country. And so she was very tall. She had big hands. She was a, uh, um, what is it? An architect. That was her career. She was an architect. And here I am, a small, petite, like five, six, ballet girl and she's like I think she was like 6'1 and so her and her husband were there her sister and so it was us three working on this home so I get to the home and I had no idea that it would be as hard as it was and I had nails on I had my my hair my nails were still on and by the end of that project my nails were off I had sweats on and I was just like not knowing what I was going to come into. And so I just remember being in so much pain. My back was in so much pain because I was I was putting down this floor. I was beating. We had to tear up the floor. So I was beating the floor out. I was putting down this wooden floor, this laminate floor. And my back was just hurting and hurting because we were sitting there for, for hours. So I just remember my friend saying, Travel, Travel, Travel. And you know, I was like, Travel, she was like, keep going. And, and and she's like, you have to travel when you're in pain. You have to travel. So I I just she said, you know, and she she said, see, Americans, if you go to Africa, there is no you oh no. And she just started, she just started, you know, talking. I was like, well, you know, you're right. You you're right for real. Because when we get tired that's it we're just like I'm done you know I'm gonna take me a nap I'm gonna take me a break but I watched her and it was time they were up for no sleep when I tell you no sleep I had to go to bed it was about 12 a.m the floor was almost complete and I was in so much pain and I went to sleep and they were up finishing that floor and they ended up finishing that floor and we had to take it out we had to do all this stuff we they put the we put the stone up it was so much and I was so brittle and like compared to these two people, you know, and that wasn't my career. Like I'm not an architect, you know, I don't build, but you know, usually men build in, uh, they're out there doing stuff. But this woman was called, this woman was called to build constructing. Like she was called to that type of stuff. She wasn't only an architect. She was called into that type of thing. And that's what she did. She said she was the only woman in Kenya that worked and build in houses and things like the men did. She was out there and she had the hands for it. 
She had the body style for it. And God told me, he said, this, I'm trying to teach you something in this situation. I'm trying to teach you something. And when I tell you guys, so I'm going to get into this because if you're someone who has felt like it's too much to bear, this pain is too much to bear, whether it's pain in your heart, whether it's pain mentally, emotionally, whatever the pain is physically, I want you to know that travailing through trials is something that is so important for you guys and you're going to need in this season and travail is to to push forward even in pain labor pains when a woman is giving labor she is pushing and she is still in pain yes if she has an epidural she might not feel it but she's in pain and she is pushing and she is pushing because there's something to be and she has to still push even though there is pain she is feeling pain so this is the art of pushing through when the pain is too much to bear so i know there's so many people in here you felt pain you know how pain feels and pain doesn't feel good it doesn't feel good at all it doesn't feel good I have tattoos and it doesn't feel good and I still let them finish that tattoo because I want it to be complete but it doesn't feel good so we're going to talk about I want to tell you guys a story and we're our main focus I'm going to get into the word and we're going to be week one our bible verse for week one we're going to be moving in make sure we're going to be moving in James chapter one verse 2 through 4 it says count it all joy my brothers when you meet trials of various kinds for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness and let steadfastness have its full effect its full effect that you may be perfect and complete lacking in nothing it's in those times i want to share something with you guys it's in those times in our faith when it hurts and we want to give up right before right because it's hurting too bad but right if we push through in that pain there's a breakthrough for some reason that is always the case and for so many people you might be saying well why i gotta go through all this pain just for me to be it's it's in that last moment that last moment when you're getting ready to push through and there's something that's getting ready to happen in that breakthrough there's something spiritually that happens in that time you know we like to have faith but having faith is having faith in all the way through to the end not just when it get ready to hurt and you throw in the top no all the way through past the pain past when you just all your you got all these eviction letters on the door all these bills going on your your husband just left your wife gone this is pushing through the pain and testing all your faith you guys are similar with this you know the story of job you know how job went through all these things he went through all these tests and trials and he got through the end. And we know his we know his victory. We know the story of Ruth, how she went through and lost all these things and she got her she got the victory. We we know the story of Esther, how she went through all the things and she got the victory. We know these different stories of faith. And so I want to talk about my story of faith. God has led me to tell you guys about my story of faith in this in this podcast story. 
in this podcast. And I want to talk about my story of faith and what God has took me through in my faith walk into my journey and how it did something so powerful in my life. So it was a few years ago and this story is in my book, The Beauty and Being Broken. You can get it on Amazon. And uh, it's in in my book. And I want to talk about two chapters that's in my book, two headings. And the first one is the faith walk. So we have, I'm going to talk about the faith walk and I'm going to talk about the long walk. So these are different, these are different, see, this is the same season, but these are two different times. And so the faith walk, the, the faith walk, it's called in this, this excerpt is, is titled a piece of faith. You're going to, it's the piece called a piece of faith in my book. And I talk about how God revealed to me that I was getting ready to go on a faith walk. So we're going to go back to our scripture. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. We don't want to count. We don't be wanting to count it all joy. We don't. We do not. When we see that something going on, something going wrong, all this stuff is going wrong. We don't want to count it all joy. We don't want to. We don't want to do that. We we want to know what's going on. What did I do? Why why I'm missing this? Why is everything going wrong? That's the first thing we want to ask is why. Why this? Why that? What did I do? What did I do? Why? It's either you have to know when God, when there is a judgment or when you are going through a faith walk and this is just God calling you to a test. He's testing. There's a test. The testing of your faith is happening. All right. Now, for me, this is a test of my faith. I am very aware when there is a judgment and I'm very aware when there is a test of faith. And for me, this is a test of faith. This is a test of my faith. And so, in my apartment, I was 19 years old. This was 2013. I lived in a one-bedroom apartment. And it was about maybe 7 p.m. And I had this thing that I put on the wall. And it had hope, peace, and faith. It had hope, peace, and faith on it. It was this wooden little thing that I put on the wall, and I believe faith was in the middle. And all of a sudden, I heard this boom, and the thing, I looked back, and and it fell. The painting fell. Nothing shook the painting. I didn't shake the painting. I mean, the little hanging uh, thing, it fell. It just fell. It was like a boom. And so when it fell... I picked it up and the faith piece was broken off. And the first thing I knew, I said, oh, shoot. And God said, I'm getting ready to take you through a faith walk. I'm getting ready to do something. He he told me that I was getting ready to go through a trial and this trial was going to grow my faith. And I want to give you guys a description of, of who I was before this, <laughs> because I, I, you know, I talk about homelessness a lot, but that's not where my lifestyle was before this faith walk. This is what I want to talk about. And this faith walk happened for a while. It wasn't just a year. 
it it got better, but but it actually this faith walk affected so many parts of my life that it actually pulled into for years and years and years. So around this time, I was, you know, entertainer, performing artist, opening up comedy shows. I had a BT audition, you know, beat Soul Train dancer, got paid for that. I was uh, dancing at colleges, performances. I was teaching in a classroom at 19. I was choreographing for various things. I was in college. I was doing so many things. And I had my own apartment. I was blessed to have my own apartment, paying my own bills, etc. And I had a lot of extra money because I had two jobs and other th- other finances. I would get massages. I would do everything I wanted. I didn't have to worry about anything. I didn't have any have to ask anyone for help. I was giving money in the church. I was I was taking people out to eat, paying for them and the crew, taking them to get clothes, tithing, giving offerings, all of these different things I was able to do. And I was able to do it abundantly, like to where it wasn't just giving $20 in the church. I was able to give a lot, hundreds, you know, different things like that. And I love that because one thing I love to do is one thing I love to do is I love to give. I am a giver, whether it's time, money, ideas, love, whatever. This is something that I love to do. I love giving gifts. I love getting gifts. This is just who I am. And so I was in a service and they were talking about faith. And I didn't understand that God was getting ready to test my personal faith. Keep in mind, people thought I was a celebrity. I would come in Makeup was always done. Hair was laid. I was fit. And people would think that I had a makeup artist, and I didn't. I would do my own makeup. I would just do my own makeup just to go to school. That's how vain I was. So I was very, so just picture somebody who is always, you know, wearing, has a smoky eye, lashes on, everything's in place. I used to wear like contacts and, and color contacts during that time. It was that was just a phase for me for some reason. But had my hair cut, you know, I always had everything nice and clean. And when God spoke to me, what happened was I ended up leaving a job. I left one of the jobs that gave me the most money. Listen to this, you guys. And I knew you probably were like, what? So you went and threw yourself in this situation? Well, yes, I did. But I want to tell you what it did for me. And see, we talk about sacrifice. We talk about these things. But this for me was a, this was a big sacrifice for me. That God was leading me to do something. And I was like, are you serious? Do you know if I let this go, I'm not going to have any, any resources no more. And God was trying to teach me. He said, I'm your resource. Because believe it or not, people might assume, oh, you were so happy then. Well, I had everything I, I needed, but I was I was broken. I didn't know, like, I probably would go crazy now if I lost everything again. You know, if I didn't, well, I that was recent, I'm sorry. But I would have, if I would have went through what I went through then, I probably would have been going crazy if I went when I tell you guys how I went through it again the second time. So 
I just didn't, I wasn't rooted in God the way I wanted to be or I feel I would need later on. And so I want you guys to pay very close attention to this week one, because when I get into week two, you guys are going to hear how this helped me and this prepared me. So during this time, I ended up, I ended up um, leaving a job. And so it left me, this is my main source of income. So it left me with another job that I had just started that I was only making 70, my, everything was cut. I was only making $75 a week. That was it. So imagine making $75 a week. Your other job is giving you the most money. And that's all you have. And so at this time, I was late. I became like late on bills. Everything started going on. And I was like, you know, God, you told me you're taking me through a faith walk. Like, what is going on? And I would get so worried. Like, so worried. And I, but see, we don't know how that feels. So many people don't know how it feels to lose stuff because they've never lost it. They don't know every. Some people have never been homeless. They've never had to, like, depend on God. And so when we don't have to depend on God, not even being homeless. Like, if you're in a situation where you have, like, a time span, I was about to get ready to get kicked out. Literally. Literally, this was throughout the course. This, and I'm going to tell y'all throughout the course. And at the last minute, I'm looking like, okay, am I going about to get out kicked out this month? Or is it going to be the next month? This is how much anxiety gave me because I didn't know what to expect and so when you're walking in faith you don't know what to expect you don't see what to expect you don't understand you can't see anything and so I remember when my sister had came to me with this dream around this time and she said I had a dream of you on a roller coaster and I said okay And she was like, you were going backwards. And I said, are you serious? She said, you're getting ready to go through a journey and you won't, you, you can only trust, you can't trust anybody but God. You got to depend on only God in this journey. She said, you were in this roller coaster and you were going backwards and the roller coaster was going really fast and you couldn't see anything. And I'm trying to talk to somebody right here because you're going through a situation. You don't know what's left or right. You can't see what's up ahead. You don't know. And so I remember her telling me a second part of the dream. And she said, the second part of the dream, that was the first part. But then there was another part of the dream and she, she, sh- she told me how we were in this car and this car was getting ready to go off a cliff. And she said, I don't know what you said, but the car ended up not going off the cliff, but there was a little mountain right there on the side and the car ended up going on the mountain and staying on that mountain and surviving. And God revealed to me that was, that's the power of faith. That he was going to provide in every situation that I was in. Even though I could not see the situation, he had a, 
there was a little safe area that no it was a blind spot there was a safe area that no one could see not even me and that's how it is with your faith and this is why it's so important when i talk about it, it says to the it says let steadfastness fastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete the full effect the full effect the full effect if i wouldn't have allowed god my faith to be trusted i would have never knew that there was a mountain or a little safe area because i can't see on the other side this is what faith is Faith is believing something that is there, but it's not seen. It's believing that it's it's there even when you don't see it. So most times we don't see things. We don't believe it's there. We believe in Jesus. He's not physically here. So just as much as we believe in Jesus, we have to look at our faith that way. And so when we're able to do that, we're able to unlock things and see things because God already, it's already there in the spirit. But our faith is what activates it. So I remember just not having anything. And God put the, the landlord in place in this in this time for me. The landlord did not believe. She actually had a hardened heart toward God. And God really used me in her life at this time. Believe it or not. And she would give me resources to go basically to go um, look for places to help me you know charities different things like that and so I was so ashamed you guys because I did not ask anyone for help literally like I did not I did not I did not know how I was embarrassed because I was helping people so imagine somebody being someone who is always helping people financially stable living on like by the Galleria in Houston Westheimer by the Galleria taking your friends to Cheesecake Factory and God tells you let go of something and you let it go because you're trying to have faith and everybody's questioning what you're doing calling you why are you going through this what's what's going on you had to do something wrong you did something wrong that was a big one for me. You're being no, I did it. I let it go. It was this is something I did. Me and God had an agreement. <laughs> this was had nothing to do. This was this was me. And so I started to question, well, was I hearing from God? I mean, was I just doing this cuz I was just doing it? And so a charity ended up helping me um, with rent. So I want to skip. I want to say one thing. I left my job. God ended up keeping me in, t- in my apartment for six months without paying anything. I didn't. I was in my apartment with sick for six months. I didn't pay anything out of my pocket. God sent charities and different places that I went and searched out that helped people with assistance, and they and they ended up taking care of my my rent for six months. When I 
got evicted at the end of this time. I didn't get evicted because I, my lease was already up. I had already completed my lease. The six months that was paid, it completed my lease. The only thing that was on the eviction was because of late fees. Those were late fees that would accumulate it. But it was after because I had think it was like a, a one month after um, I left. And it was like I couldn't take care of the late fees or something like that. And they had added up. And they ended up, you know, I ended up getting evicted on my birthday, August 20th, literally 2013. Uh, I would never forget. So I want to tell you guys. So I went to these charities and I went to this one place and they paid, one place paid 300 or something. Another place, and my rent wasn't that much. Another place paid three months of my rent. So they paid three whole months of my rent and another place paid something else. So I was going to all these different places and they were able to help me. And I remember going there and I was so ashamed. I was like, my head was down. I didn't want to dress up because I didn't want them to think that, like, I was always dressed up, you guys, like, everywhere I went. I didn't want them to think that, like, I didn't need help or they weren't going to help me because I looked, like, too nice. So, like, I wouldn't wear, like, my Air Maxes. I would wear, like, maybe, like, some sandals or something. So, I was just, like, I don't want to be looking too much because, and then, so I went in and I saw other, like, you know, single moms, other people that needed help. And they looked like just like me, you know. And so I didn't, I didn't know how to, I really didn't experience, like, I, I was, I felt like I was a whole nother person, you guys. Like, I was always wearing makeup. I was very vain and very prideful, you know, very prideful to the fact that I did not want to ask for help. That was my pride. Like, it was like, I did not want to ask for help. Everybody has different pride. You know, pride is not like I'm arrogant. Uh, my pride wasn't like I'm arrogant. It was more of like, I don't want to ask nobody for help. Like I got this, which could be probably arrogant to God, you know, but it was like, you know, I'm not going to ask anybody for help. You know, I was like that. And so that was not good. And God needed to really break that. He really needed to, to, um, teach me to be, like and so because I was so afraid of I was so I was I worked worked works works because I was so afraid of having to go back home and this is what I'm going to talk about because I grew up in a very you know family violence um abusive household I mean we had good times and stuff we went do things every every Friday I don't want to say like it was just like um crazy but I didn't I didn't have the best childhood in most instances after my mom passed away and most of my childhood I spent in my room stuck in there dancing or doing something else depressed or something else or going through some form of abuse so it it really wasn't the best for me and I when I moved out I moved out Well, I ran, I attempted to run away when I was 17, but I ran to the neighbor's house and came back the next day. At 18, I left and went to go live with a best friend in his dorm. Um, And I lived with him. It was one of my gay best friends. I lived with him and uh, for three months, I got a job and then I moved out into my own apartment four days after my birthday on in 2012. 
So I was, I just turned 19 and that was a very peaceful place for me and gave me time to heal. So I worked so hard and I was so scared because I was afraid to, I was afraid to have to go back home. I was afraid to have to go back into the environment. And I said, no, I would never, I would never go back there. I cannot. But God set it up in a different way for me. Everything that you experience, sometimes he takes you back to get healing, but then he'll take you back to the same thing so that you can face it a bigger time and you can face it. And I I feel that strongly. I feel like even when you go through things and you meet someone, you might run into the person again. You might see them again. And how you react is so important or how you heal is important because God can be doing something in that time. And so I've learned that in my life as well. So I ended up getting evicted on my birthday. The person came, knocked on my door, all this stuff. And God spoke to me and he said, before I got evicted, God spoke to me and said six months. He didn't tell me what six months meant. He just told me six months. Well, for six months, I was going from house to house, living with different people. I was living with people from the church. Um, some lady I didn't know, but somebody from the church knew him. And then I moved in with a married couple from the church and their kids. And so, yeah, I was like 20 years old going from different places. So imagine having everything you need. And then being a 20 year old, you're already like insecure. You're embarrassed because you have to live with other people and you don't have any freedom. So I was going through all of this stuff, but God was teaching me something and breaking down some things in me that needed to really be broken down. He was teaching me to have faith and to to depend on him and that he was all I needed. And he showed me in that time. So we got to count it all joy. We have to count it all joy. When you're going through something, I'm not saying, okay, you being hit and stuff like that. No, you don't stay in that type of stuff. But I'm saying like, there's children that are in their household. They don't have anywhere else to go like me. You know, they don't have anywhere else to run and go. And because if they go out on the street, they'll be in danger. So they have to experience these things. And it's very hard to get them out of it. And so I was that type of child where I was calling the police to come help and the family members would send the police back and they would tell them that I was not in danger and I had to stay in this abusive situation. So this is the type of thing that I was running from. All my, I said I would never go back and that was a fear that I had to go back and to face my family, to go back and to face that environment that I had to come from. And... But God set it up in a way that I ended up going back to face what I had originally left out of. So we're getting into how allowing ourselves to go through the faith, allowing ourselves to push ourselves through, even when it hurts, even when it's painful. Even when we are experiencing these things, what is doing in us is creating a spiritual discipline in us. It's creating a spiritual discipline in us that is going to take us to our next level or to our next peak. So I'm not going to get into my entire, uh, this, this first part because I have so much more content for you guys, but, uh, I have this, we're going to be in four weeks, but I want to get into 
Um, I went from house to house. I had to share rooms. I had to sleep in a children's room. I had to, um, like, sleep. And I'm going to talk about the time I had to sleep in a hotel, in a motel for two weeks. And I want to talk about this. Because this is where it really got hard. And I remember I was living with this family. And they said, you know, you don't have to go. And, and I, it was October, I remember. And I said, I have to, I have to go. Like, I have to move forward now. So I ended up getting some money. I was in, like, school or something. I took, like, a class, and they sent me, like, a little check. And the money was able to at least help me for, like, two weeks. Um, and so I spent, I put um, money down. This is, in, this is in the chapter in my book called The Long Walk. So I went to this motel. I paid. I had two cats at the time, and... I went into this hotel room and I always got a thing of bleach spray, like cleaning spray. And I, I bleached down everything and that's the way I had cleaned to kind of clean the atmosphere from whoever was in there before. And I always made sure I like it had a nice shot. It was a very nice, it was on Highway 6, I think the Highway Inn, that's what it was called, I think. And uh, it, was a, it was a nice little, I think I can remember the exact room that I was in, but it was a nice little um, clean little it had like a nice restroom and so what happened was I was there for like two weeks and so I paid um, I think it was $400 a week if I'm not mistaken I think it was $400 a week yeah I think that's how much it was they were like yeah it was like 400 a week yeah and so it was like 800 so i paid that up and then i stayed there for two weeks and i didn't have really food i had to i had to walk five miles to the nearest mcdonald's if i can calculate it might have been three miles but i had to walk to the nearest mcdonald's i could only afford the dollar burgers I had to survive up like a pizza for three days. So I would like eat the crust, eat everything. I didn't have anything. Like I was pulling up pennies to get food, you know? And there was times where I didn't eat. I got so, like I had lost so much during that time because I was just walking and uh, trying. So I was trying to get, what happened was I was trying to get, I had applied for a job and I was trying to get back to school that's what happened so I was trying to get back to school in school and everything so I would walk catch the bus walk those three miles catch the bus to try to get back into school and try to do all these things so I was trying to push myself to really get back into the group so I ended up getting a job at a dance studio really good job it was a really good pay it paid me like 25 an hour at the time and I was teaching and then after that I ended up getting a job at Bath and Body Works and was like 10. So, so yeah, I was I got back on my feet, but it was very hard because around that time, after the two weeks, I had to go back home. And so I was very afraid to go back home. I was very afraid because, like, I didn't know what to expect. And, you know, it ended up turning out all right. I set boundaries. It ended up turning out all right. So... God really tested my faith in this time because he took me through something 
that was not only going to help me grow spiritually, but it was going to push me into something that I did not expect or it was going to take me back to something that I had to face. And so I, in this time being in this, I want to talk about this motel because I was fasting and praying and God was visiting me in this motel. Like God was speaking to me about things, the promises that he was going to do for my family, how he was going to save my family, how he was going to restore things in my life. He was speaking to me so much in this time, in this little room, and he had visited me, you know, it was so much, uh, many things. And even in this, as I was in this uh, motel room, I had temptation, like I had guys popping up trying to talk to me again, and I would literally decline them because I had gained so much self-control by going months and months and months. And so after, I had been uh, 10 months celibate throughout this whole time, which was probably the longest uh that it has been in that time and uh that was a long time for me you know not that I just was doing all whatever but I talked about the lat in my last podcast how I was with this guy and so after that it was 10 months so my 10 months it was just like reading the word I was listening to music I was listening to sermons and one thing that I would do I would watch performing artists on like so you think you can dance and all these different places I would watch them dance online and I would I would feel my spirit I would be up reading the bible reading the word looking at sermons on youtube different things all like that to like fill my spirit for these 10 months and well for these six months that I was going from house to house and after that and so I was it changed me it changed like my personality because I was very uh I say extrovert a lot of people say extrovert and introvert I say extrovert because extrovert is more it's just a it's a personality you know it's just being more more outwardly and outwardly and open so that was me I was very like I would go to the parties I would go to the dances and different things like this that now I do not club at all like if I go to a party it's probably like an at home uh, a party at home or somebody invited me to like something in their home but I don't just go out drinking I don't do things like that like the most I'll drink is I can't drink anything now but I drink like wine if I do drink anything and that's about it like champagne or something and that's about it. I don't drink like a bunch of other stuff. And I don't go to the clubs and different things like I used to when I was younger. But um, around this time, I wasn't doing any of that. So just imagine having this really free social butterfly and then turning into like this, like inside. Everywhere you're at is a wilderness. Everywhere I had went was like nowhere but trees and like no city, nothing. I was in Magnolia, Texas when I came back to Houston. I came back to my hometown, which is Homestead, you know, Rosewood over there. And that's where I stayed. And I stayed there for quite a bit. I stayed there. But God really did something powerful in that time with me returning back home. He did something with me. He did something with my family. He really did uh, uh, many things. And I was going, still going through some trials. But I was, uh, he was doing something with me. And the time when I started working, the next year after I left the studio, 
I was working at, I ended up opening my own studio and I ended up starting Turning Point Ministries uh, studio. And um, I was going through many things, started Bible studies and different things like that. And so God took me, God took me from having all of this in the world, in the world, and everything I needed bills were paid. I had all these opportunities. I was working for a celebrity choreographer. I was doing all these different things and I gave it up. I gave it up and I don't regret giving it up. It was needed. It was needed because it it did something in me, you guys. It worked something in me. And so I want to tell you, if you're going through something and you're going through a homelessness or you're going through something that you felt like it's, everything has been snatched away from you. You don't have the same freedom that you had before. I want you to understand that nothing that you are experiencing is in vain. Nothing that you are going through is in vain. Everything that you are experiencing is developing something in you spiritually. You might not see it. You might be in a situation, it might not be comfortable. You know, for so long, I wanted to be by myself. Like, I wanted to be in my own space I wanted to be like I was so miserable you know I didn't want to have to like deal with other people but God was training me up because how am I going to work with other people in ministry and different things if I don't know how to deal with other personalities that are not like mine everybody's not going to like you that's what I've learned being in ministry like people are not going to agree with you people are not going to like you you're you're not gonna I can't you can't just be some celebrity personality or whatever walking around and you don't have to deal or talk to anybody else and so God was bringing something out of me which stripped it stripped what I would usually need my resources in order to grow a spiritual discipline in me a steadfastness so when you're experiencing something like homelessness loss financial difficulties all these different things this is preparing a discipline in you and it's getting ready to prepare you for something bigger it's something it's preparing you for something bigger and you have to ask yourself there was different things that I splurged I used to have oh my gosh I used to have a huge a huge shopping issue I would spend a thousand dollars at the Galleria in a day food going to this and that I wouldn't even get coaching stuff like I wouldn't even get co- I was probably spend a thousand dollars maybe within a week and I'm not saying it's like bad thing for people who got it but like I was God had to teach me some financial discipline for real especially if I was going to be having more in the future and then imagine spilling two million dollars if you in a week you know what i mean on some unnecessary stuff you don't need to do that <clears throat> so what happened was when i was stressed out i would go i would just go shopping 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 that was it i mean i wouldn't even go to class i would go shop that's what i would do and i lived right down the street from the galleria so it was easy for me to get up and go shop and so that was that's irresponsible it was very irresponsible you know i realized that i was a shopaholic only because of my stress so that was one of my outlets that was one of my outlets even though I did ballet and things like that when I didn't wasn't doing ballet I would turn to going shopping or I would turn to sex and so that was not a healthy outlet so around the time 
when I came back to Houston at 21, instead of going shopping like a shopaholic, I would go to a thrift store. And so I would just get a whole bunch of like paintings and different stuff. I would just get like a bunch of stuff and spend like $40 instead of $1,000. So I learned that I can still have fun and do stuff. I just had to find another outlet. Even when I used to go to the clubs and stuff. Half the time, I didn't like to go to clubs anyway. I just used to go to the salsa dancing clubs, you know, to dance Latina dance. But when I, I stopped going there, I started going to movies by myself. I'm the type of person, I can go places by myself. I would go to movies by myself. I would go to ballets by myself. I would do like... Um, restaurants. I would even go out to eat by myself. And some people can't do that by this, themselves. But I was the type of person, I can do that by myself. And it's, so, it's like, those are like my little date nights. Sometimes I have my own date days. Every week, believe it or not, I do something for myself. Whether it's, it doesn't even have to be with anybody. It can be by myself. But I'm going to do something for myself, even if it means I'm going to take a nap. But I had to do that for myself. And I had to learn that I have to be... I have to be responsible. God is calling me to be a steward over my finances, over everything that he's given me. And what I was doing was not okay. Even though that little thousand dollars that I had, I can toss it away because I had it. It still was irresponsible. So what it did was, even though, even though it didn't affect me then because I had it and I had those jobs, it affected me when I lost everything again because I didn't know how to really pull everything together so what happened was during the time of homelessness the first time and and having to survive off of pizza and having a God show me how to use every little dollar so when I when it happened to me I'm gonna tell y'all the story when it happened to me in week two uh what happened to me with the job and how I had to I went through homeless and lost everything again this is actually recent I'm going to show you guys how me learning this financial discipline, me learning this discipline and going through these things actually helped me better when it came to pulling, putting things together and doing those different things. So what you learn in the season, everything you go through in the season, what you go through is not in vain. God is doing something with you. He's doing something with you. And it says, and let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. This is saying, God is speaking, when Jesus returns, when we're done, we've done our life mission, when we pass on, there's something that we are called on this earth to do and developed in this time. There's something we have to learn on this earth. There's something we're called to do. And we're gaining fruits. We're learning different things. We're gaining discipline, fruit of the spirit, all these things. And so if we don't challenge ourselves to learn these things, we're not going to learn it. Me taking that step of faith at that time was challenging myself to gain fruit in the area of steadfastness and faithfulness. That is what I was doing. And many times before a trial, I'll pray to God and say, God, teach me. I don't remember if I prayed before that. I don't remember. But I do remember I did pray, you know, God, teach me. I said, God, teach me submission and humility. I remember praying that. I remember praying that. And I remember that's when all that stuff started. And that's when that faith thing fell. And I remember saying, God, teach me submission and humility. I said, I want to learn 
submission and humility. I want to learn how to submit to you. I want to learn how to submit to your voice. I want to learn how to uh, submit to authority. You know, I, I prayed this prayer because I was living in my apartment doing whatever I wanted to do. No, I wasn't like hurting people and stuff, but I was going out what I wanted to do. I didn't. So I said, God, you know, and I grew up with bad leadership in my life, like not good leadership at all. So if you came to me with just an attitude, like I didn't want to hear that. You know, so I taught God to teach me how to deal with negative personalities, bad personalities, tyrant personalities. Teach me how to deal with that. And throughout this process, I'm going to talk to you guys how I had to work with managers who would holler at me and how I would respond to them. I wouldn't just be quiet. I would respond to them, but it wasn't in an attitude way, but how I would respond to them. I remember responding to this manager and I remember saying, you don't have to holler at me. And she stopped hollering at me and she changed, she changed her whole demeanor just from that one little thing. I said, you know, you could have told, you could tell me nice. I understand. I understand that you're having a bad day today, but you don't have to scream and yell at me. And it started to change the work environments that I was in. People that were in higher, I was only 21 years old, 20, 20, 21 years old. People in work environments were changing. Come on, y'all. They were changing. I was going into environments. People were changing their behavior. I just walked in the room. I I didn't even have to do anything. But they would see how I would watch how I reacted to, to things because God had taught me a submission and a humility of my spirit and I would walk into atmosphere where people were arrogant and prideful and they would change because they would look and say well she don't have to do all of that for people to give her you know give her a chance or get an opportunity so why we why we doing this extra stuff it would it would change people so I'm gonna get I'm not done with this you guys so before we get into I want to get into uh, week two, because I want to talk to you guys about some more things about week two and how God is going to take this, what you're going through now, and he's developing fruit in you and he's developing a personality characteristics. He is pruning everything in you from the inside out. It's not just about, and I talk about, um, not the beauty and being broken, but after this time I wrote a book called love the spirit you're in. And now this is, it's actually been transformed and re-edited. I wrote it years ago. But I want to talk about how God will use these things to shape and transform your personality for his glory. All right. So make sure you guys listen to our next uh, session, which is going to be week two. All right. So make sure you're subscribed and we're going to go ahead and finish. So dear Heavenly Father, I thank you, God. I thank you for this podcast. I thank you for what you're doing, your grace your love, your teaching, your patience, teaching us to be able to travail through tribulations. And I pray that this podcast was inspirational to someone today and that it was encouraging to someone to understand and to know that you are with us in our trials and that we should count it all joy. God, I pray is that we, as we move more into this podcast series, that you continue to stay with us, you rest upon us, you encourage us, And you keep us, you keep us intact. You keep us in your, in your wings and you keep us moving forward. God, thank you so much. God, we give you all honor and glory in Jesus name. Amen. You guys leave me voicemails, leave me any questions that you have, email me and 
I look forward to talking to you guys on our next session. All right, so I will talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you.